0: And welcome back episode number 56 of the New York Pangers podcast and partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-hosts, Brett and Luca. And today, we got a bit to talk about here. office development, Shisterkin's play, the all-star game, and more. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to insidetherink.com ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus and more. And let's get to it. And we're back, guys. How's it
1: going? Oh, it's great. It's great. It's just fucking great. How are you guys doing? Good. Brett?
0: I, I think... Uh...
1: All right. Well, you know, I just uh yesterday I went and saw the the Whitney Houston movie. And for anyone who like I I just I go and watch as many freaking movies as I can, okay? And I I went and saw this movie and like anyone who knows anything about Whitney Houston, there's two things everyone knows. One, she had a phenomenal voice. Two, she was a raging drug addict, okay? That I'm I'm not trying to make a joke here. That's what she died of, okay? She died died of a drug overdose. Everyone knows that. But they made a they made a movie about a drug addict. A biopic. Eg, 13 like the dumbest thing in the freaking world. And they, they, they show like one bag of blow or one bag of heroin. <laughs> They're even freaking allude to it. They just like, they just see you, you just see her like pull out a bag from a pen at one point, And that's it. It is the dumbest thing in the world. You see it once or twice. And then like, they show like a bathtub at one point. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I, I'm pretty sure like, I got, she like overdosed in a bathtub and drowned. But like that's it. They don't show anything. It was the it was the most mild mannered, fucking biopic I've ever seen, and it's been pissing me off all week. And I just needed to let that off my chest. Also, that and the third period of the Ranger game really just took a big steaming dump on my chest this week.
2: It's funny the Whitney Houston movie thing. I haven't seen it yet, but it just reminds me so much of Bohemian Rhapsody where. You have one of the biggest gay icons. And I get he was like, kind of by maybe, but he's pretty far, pretty deep on that Kinsey scale. And yeah. you have an entire movie about his life. And in the entire movie, it's like he may have had sex with one guy, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like there was one guy in a truck stop, and then like a guy at a party, maybe, you know, I'm like he kind of whitewashed a guy is a pretty big and then, guy. And then all of a
1: sudden sex. he has AIDS at the end of the movie. He has it's AIDS, like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Oh.
2: Did he get that from one of the women he slept with? Because that's who I saw him sleeping with most of the movie. You know, it's just like, yeah. dude, it's like, I, I hate when they do that. It's like, I understand that with sensitive issues like that, and with people that are beloved like that, that you don't necessarily want to go, you know, full balls deep into... How bad, you know, pun intended, be and whatnot. But like, yeah, it's it's like at some point you have to. I think you have to show respect to their life by portraying it with some form of reality. If it's
1: a biopic, fucking go all out, okay. Yeah. Like, it is the dumbest thing in the world to, you know, uh, like pterodactyl, you know, or uh, T Rex arm it, you know.
2: The, the, the last half of Walk Hard, you know, uh, not Walk Hard, that's the that's the, the line. That, That's the Dewey Cox one, yeah. Great movie, too. Walk. I, the knew, I knew what you meant. I knew <laughs> yeah. what you meant. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. Uh, but of Walk the Line, <laughs> the last half of that movie, he's like all drugged out for it. He's got like glassy eyes and is like mumbling and slurring like they had no yeah. problem showing him being an irredeemable drug addict, too. Like, yeah. come on. Anyway, <laughs> speaking about
1: speaking about a uh, really really good third period. How about that Rangers Devils game yesterday? Let's just fucking dive right into that. Oh
2: god. I mean, it just it wasn't a good game overall. Uh, Brookie, you're muted. Oh. Again. oh no, he, he's he's still muted. I, I, while All he's right. figuring that out, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll ahead with with this. Is that? Um, I mean, that was just not a good game, um, and. I, it, it is getting frustrating sometimes watching them play and, and knowing that they just have another gear that they just refuse to go to. Uh, I mean, the first period, you know, it wasn't as bad as I think a lot of other people uh, made it out to be, but it, it just, they just got outplayed, just flat out outplayed that game. Um, and, and frankly, I knew once they scored uh, the goal to put it just within one, I was like, this game's over. We're not going to win this game. You could just feel it. And they never yeah. recovered from it either. I had a, I had a
1: bad feeling. Uh, uh, I had a bad feeling about that. Uh, right as uh, just like a third period just didn't feel good. Um, but, you know, one of the things that was like really stood out to me in the game, and, and like I've bought it for a while, um, and I know that he's been, uh, you know, the poster child for the, you know, like you know just so much backlash the past few weeks about Lafreniere and the benching and all this um and we talked about it you know in length last last episode um but Lafreniere's shot i don't know if you guys are big football fans or anything like that but he has the longest wind up like the load of a shot and then the release of the shot is so long a it lets anyone who's you know a decent defender get in the way and block it and or B gives the goalie plenty of uh time to actually reposition himself or actually know what where he's going with it um he he it, for some reason he reminds me of Byron Leftwich um for anyone out there who uh hasn't doesn't know who Byron Leftwich is he was a first round draft pick by the Jaguars, like in the early the mid two, uh, the early two thousands, um, mm-hmm. he's now the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, and damn it, dude, this guy he was he was a good quarterback in college, went to Marshall, um, but his windup was so long on any fucking throw, he would just have this to- totally elongated uh throwing motion, and for some reason, it just reminds me of how Lafreniere, uh, shoots. And it, 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 struck me a few times yesterday. Cause he had a few golden chances yesterday. And I'm like, dude, just fucking release the puck. Um, you know, and I, and I've seen him score a few goals and I'm like, I'm like he has the ability to do it, but for some reason, um, he, he's gotten more recently into a really elongated, uh, uh, shot and it's just it's it's definitely something that uh i think that he needs to i don't know I, I, it's, it's one of the things that i think he needs to work on um but yeah anyway. I,
2: I i totally i totally agree with you there what i find interesting is i i watched um one of his highlight reels in fact one of my last articles for inside the rink had a link to um his like highlight reels that uh and juniors and and his shot doesn't look that way I mean, he's getting it's it's deceptive and he's getting it off quickly i mean right now his shot looks like it's like the anti-bedard shot because like bedard shot comes out and you're like when did he even release it i don't know because the puck's already in the back of the net it's like but Bedard shot guy. just uh, explodes off the stick and like he's
1: it's still flexed it looks like almost yeah
2: it, it, it i don't understand and he's able to get it off from so many different positions i mean that's just a separate I mean, he's just incredible. But yeah. the thing is that, is that Lafreniere's uh, shot didn't always look like it is looking now, but you're right. He's taking – I think it, it must not be an actual <laughs> release mechanic of his, but it, it has to be what I think is that he's just holding on, like looking, trying to wait out a goalie or wait out a defender, but instead all he's doing is just telegraphing what he's doing. I think he's exactly. trying to find time. And to me that, that then just goes back to confidence, which is really – the whole point of everything, uh, you know, where he's at in his development is he has no confidence in his game. He's afraid of making mistakes. And why shouldn't he be? He's one of the four people that will get benched if he makes a mistake on the team. There's only four people that they'll get benched. Yeah. Um, we not, all know who those not are. Not Goudreau
0: after that perfect feed to Hughes. I mean, oh, gorgeous. God. Ten out of ten, man.
1: I mean, uh, he was
2: hit, it, it was he hit Goudreau. He hit he hit
1: Jack Hughes in perfect fucking stride. Yep, right in the seam. Just why wow, it makes the big bucks. And then, like they, they kept talking to like like you know I love I love the the Rangers broadcast, but like they kept talking about how the defense like wasn't ready. I'm like the defense wasn't ready because they had the fucking puck. Like, what are you talking about? They were they were, they had the puck. They were on offense, and then out of nowhere, your your fucking center just passed the puck to someone in between the two of you, like at the blue line. Made uh, no sense whatsoever. Um very true. Very true but if true. that's
0: if that's Lafreniere, he's done for the night.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: he's he's not coming back on the ice. Like it, it it makes no sense. Like you have a if you're Lafreniere, right? You you're worried you're gonna make one mistake, so you don't try anything out. And obviously you can't grow if you can't try anything out, right? And then you look across the bench and you see a, a guy just give Hughes a breakaway, and not only is he not benched, but in fact According to Rob, he was given more time. So, like, I, I don't know what what you think if you're a friend here. Like, I, I just like
2: you know, also, it's sorry. not a merit- and yeah, no, it's it's not a meritocracy at all. And if it was a meritocracy, I think I would still disagree with it because I don't think that benching a player after a mistake is always the right move. I think if you take an egregious penalty, that is absolutely just beyond the pale. You know, I can understand if, if you like take a selfish penalty. A selfish know? penalty, exactly. Not just that you have bad, but you have to be able to make mistakes without the fear of of it, you know, losing your time, losing your linemates and whatnot. But I it's just the fact that it's not even that, it's not even a meritocracy because it is. It's it's only Lafreniere, Heedle, Kako, um, and Kratsov are the only four people that actually have to worry about making mistakes and losing time. Everyone else is solid and they're not going anywhere no matter what they do, and we've seen that. I would throw Blay and Gauthier into that mix too. Well, yeah, but those guys, I, I, yeah, okay, true. No,
1: I'm just saying, like, if we're going to talk about guys who do get benched and put up in the press box, um, I, I would throw them into that category as well.
2: Sure, I, I was, I guess, I meant more in the like the top nine. The, the, yeah. you know t- To me, if you're a bottom, if you're a bottom line guy, your job is kind of always, and your position is always a little suspected and flex. But you're, you're so right. That's they, a very that's they, a valid point. They are included in that for sure, but I just meant of the, you know, the actual yeah. offensive production players.
0: I mean, speaking of uh not speaking up, but the all-star voting started, you guys vote for Lieber Hayek or what? Genius no. idea. <laughs> Genius idea by the NHL. Uh, I wasn't an I voted Miller. Um, but yeah, no, like
2: Well, who else though? Who else? You you had you had three votes from the Metro, so who who was
1: it? I mean, I, I would have voted Fox.
2: Yeah, you have to vote Fox, right? It was. I mean, fucking- like, th- this is. Can we also, like, you know, I'm jump. I'm gonna.
1: This this podcast might be a whole fucking, uh, you know, airing of grievances with the NHL. Uh, I don't understand how. Like, I I get it. Like, they went to three on three, and it was a cool thing, and it brought some more eyes to the actual All Star game for a little bit. But it is the dumbest fucking thing in the world to continue this three on three, and then only have. One player from each team gets selected. So you're going to tell me that at the end of his career, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel play on the same fucking team for their entire careers. Drysaddle might not go to any fucking All Star games. <laughs> like I mean, I know I know that's not going to happen, and he's already been to a few. But you get my point. Like at the end of the day, like this is-, is also like used very heavily in like Hall of Fame voting and stuff right. like that. It is, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't like. I, I,
1: I, so if this was the same situation back in the '80s, uh, you're not going to put Gretzky, you're not going to put Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr, um, and you know uh, Yari Curry, Curry, any of those yeah. guys. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. Get the best players in the world in the game, and then maybe you'll get some eyes on. It. Instead of trying to be this, you know. Uh, Like, oh, yeah, hockey's for everyone. No, hockey's for everyone, but not for every single team, okay? Every single team. Like, you have to actually be a good player on your team, okay? This is the dumbest freaking thing
2: in the world. I actually have a hot take about the All-Star game. Um, That it's hot garbage? Yeah, it is, and everyone knows that, and most All-Star games are. But I actually love parts of the skills competition. I think oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I that is that is their best product that they have for the All-Star game. No one gives a shit about anything else that happens at the All-Star game. So to me, why not just say like we don't need to have this weird three on three tournament that no one actually cares about and expand the skills competition. Make that, well, you know, people's you, that's people's, what the NFL is doing this year. Exactly. It's, so why not? Why not? do that because that's what is actually important and honestly i i really i really don't like sometimes because it's so subdivided where it's like oh yeah one guy you know Connor mcdavid is only going to be competing in the fastest skater you know i'm like yeah. i'd like to see everyone have a run at that i'd like to see have everyone have a run at at, at shot power and accuracy and stuff like that and make them real competitions and real games like I know it's the stupidest thing ever, but the the shootout competition last year and like the the voting was all messed up. And who ended up winning? He didn't even score a goal, and he ended up winning. Zegers. No, Zegers should have won because Zegers had an unbelievable. Oh, oh no, Zegers
1: was amazing. I know, I know it. Been- was, it was the, it was the Vegas guy.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah someone yeah. from Vegas did it? Yeah, yeah. Who was it? That doesn't matter. Anyway, he won because it was like yeah, this is cock and voting bullshit thing that doesn't even relate to anything at all. I'm like, meanwhile. Zegras scored like one of the coolest goals I've ever seen. And because like John Ham put up like 20 points with his little billboard cards or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, that counts. And I'm like, well, this is all meaningless then. And I was like, yeah, make it, make this mean something. And I think that they don't, but the NHL has no idea how to market their product. So I, I don't know there, I just don't There's
1: zero creativity when it comes to it. Um, and I, I look, the, I think the All Star game is the biggest fucking joke. Um, the, the the this is the only reason why I care about it is because when players' careers are over, that's one of the first things that is yeah. mentioned in their hall of fame resume. Yep. Guy was a 14-time all-star, 10-time all-star. That says something about the player, you know what I mean? Um, and like the fact that you know Fox is one of the regardless, I mean, we're we're Ranger fans, we're biased, we see Fox every fucking night. We think he should win Norris this year. But what whatever we think, he's in the top three right now, regardless of what you know the rest of the world thinks. The fact that he's not even in the fucking all-star game right now is a joke. Second, if you look at the metro and the Atlantic, there's not one defenseman, not one fucking defenseman on the roster voted in. That is the dumbest thing in the world.
0: It, it it's actually hold on, I just saw this just now. Uh, Merrick was discussing a potential all-star game skills event uh, that's just being negotiated right now. And the concept is, is that uh, basically they have two dunk tanks and each one next to each other on the beach Two play uh, two player teams. And you hit all your targets. One of the players gets dunked or vice versa.
1: Yeah. I mean like that, like that's, that's something it's different. Like I'm, you know, I'll, I'll see how it, how it plays out. Um, I'm okay with that. Just anything more. Like, I you know like, like for instance if they have a um an all-star game in New York uh or or Boston
0: they'll never have like, one in New York because they hate Dolan's guts
1: well I mean if they had it in 94 so they're actually coming up on like you know it's 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 getting close to the point where they like come back you know what I mean like right. typical is my point um and the the garden has been renovated you know and it actually is really nice since it's been renovated Um, so the garden is probably something that is on the short list. I would say in the next five to 10 years, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. It's fucking ballpark. Who the hell knows? Um, but if it's in New York, say for example, I don't know, shoot some fucking pucks off the statue of Liberty or some shit. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, let's get fucking creative. I'd like to see that off the, off the empire state building. Let's try and fucking shoot some pucks in some other buildings, like break some fucking windows. I don't know. Let's have some fun with this shit.
0: You're asking the most uncreative person to ever exist in Gary Bettman to do something creative. I mean.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? He should fucking take his new balances and fucking, you know, uh, I don't know, put some sandals on and real get real dicey this weekend and put put his feet in the sand. Like, I, I mean, like, at, at first
0: glance, I get the understanding you want a player from each team, right? Because so everyone would want to watch it. But it's not working anyway, and it, it shouldn't even be justified because it should just be the best players, not the best player in each team. Yeah, right? I,
2: I, I would, I wouldn't care if, if a team had eight guys that were all, you know, like Like if the team begged that, and frankly, honestly, I maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I don't even give a shit about me having a vote. I don't think fans have any business voting. They're usually terrible at voting. Anyway, yeah. I would rather. I think, I'd rather have it, if it was player nominated, like the players themselves choose who they think the best players in the league are. Like, I, I, I would, would actually love that. that. Yeah. Believe
1: honestly, like the thing is, like you do want like the fan interaction because that does draw up some people, in, especially younger crowd, like kids and everything. It is cool to vote when you're a kid.
2: I, I think as like a last man in, I think that should be it. Yeah. Because you're right, that is an important interaction sort of thing, I, and I get the value of that, but that should be a, a serious last man in sort of thing. The actual bones of the team should be decided by people that actually are like really invested in the game, know what they're talking about, and, and there's no more qualified people to evaluate talent than the people that are on the ice playing against them to me. Yeah. Well,
0: it's, it's not going to be the writers. Cause you, you see their ballot at the end of the year for the hockey oh, God, or the yeah. Norris. I mean, Tony D'Angelo had Norris votes a couple of years ago. Like it just speaks to the insanity of the writers. He was like, top 10. Yeah. Like, that's, that's
1: insane.
0: Like with Eric Carlson, he, he's going to score a lot of points. So therefore he's the best defenseman, right. Even though if he doesn't know how to score, I, I mean, I know we went over this last uh, week, yeah. but like he's not good at defense, but he scores the points. So he's a good defense. I mean, that's not exactly how it works. So it's like, I, I don't know, like, you, you see all these votes. I'm trying to remember other ridiculous ones that happened. The D'Angelo one.
2: Um, well, the fact that Shesterkin was not first on everyone's ballot, um, and I forget who it was that didn't even have him in his top three, and I was like, you should be never allowed to vote ever again. And this isn't just a, you know, obviously it's very very Homer podcast, but but give me a break.
1: I also love that Fox and Shesterkin both won a Norris, respectively, and a Vezina before they were selected to an all-star game. Yeah. That is that that's just a fucking ridiculous stat. You know what I mean? Like it's so weird. Obviously, you have to do that young and like really early in your career. Um, and things just have to like kind of like pan out the right or wrong way, whichever way you fucking look at it. Um, I don't know. I I think we've already spent way too much time on a fucking stupid game that is really just pointless. Um and I, I think the fact that they penalize players who don't go to the game is even more ridiculous. What is it um, like a one go one game? It's a one game
2: suspension. Suspension, yeah. Right. Oh, we did that last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they
1: they they suspended uh, Ovechkin once for what I remember, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, um, for a
0: player like as long as your team's fine with it, you know, do it. Like.
1: Yeah, I mean, like honestly, like it's 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 an all star break. Like it, the whole point of it is like if it, like I don't know. It, it, if you're not like physically able to play in it where you are a little dinged up, like there's, you have zero responsibility to go to this fucking event and entertain people. You know what I mean? Cause that's all it is. Like you're just a dog and pony show. Um, I don't know. I, I we've, and I get it. Cause like kids love it. When I was a kid, I loved the all-star game. I love the fastest shot, the, you know, the most accurate shot, all those things. I loved it. Um, And it does bring a younger generation into the game um, but I think the all-star game itself is just completely irrelevant. The NFL's finally realized that they woke up this year, they smelt the coffee, and I think the NHL needs to uh kind of jump on this train really quickly um and go ahead with that as well. I think they should just go with like a normal, like um what, like a normal roster selection. For the you know, whatever, like Metro uh, Atlantic and whatever, or maybe just East and West again, and then have those players go wherever they're going, do a really cool uh, like more extended, like Brett had mentioned, like skills competition, add like five or six new events maybe. I don't know. Just do something like that. Um, I don't know. One thing I liked was the
0: I, I know it's kind of plain but, like, with a slap shot competition, the hardest shot, like, there's tension. Like, okay, how, how, like, did he break Weber's record? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that, that type of thing. Like, yeah, that's kind of on the plain side. But, like, I, I don't know how much promises there is with the All-Star game because, like, from the start, it's got, it's got to be, you know, because you have to make it, like, as Brett said, you have to make it mean something. And it, from the start, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Um, what, yeah, about, what about
1: what about this as another twist to like a really classic event? You have the hardest shot. That's one of the events that everyone watches. They tune in for the watch the things on YouTube. What if you do the hardest shot? And then what if you do the hardest shot with a wooden stick?
2: Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah, like be creative. Um, you know like what that. I mean? Like,
1: like let's see how much of a difference it is. I think that would be so fucking cool. And maybe, maybe that, you know, how cool it would be. Would wear off Really quickly Maybe like after a year or two We're like ah oh, whatever Like we get it I don't know But like impressive
2: go like that Yeah Or I'd love you shoot- to Watch the next thing A shootout competition With wood sticks And old school pillows For your pads So they're not They can't do a proper Butterfly Because the pads don't rotate And everything like that Yeah Wouldn't that be awesome They have to play like a stand up goal, Or maybe even that How about that Boy I'd watch a game If they all had to play In like they all to play with with old school skates, like they all have like 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 eighties uh, tacks on. They all have wood sticks. The goalies have the big pillows, and they all have to play stand up style hockey. I'd love to watch a game like that. That would be yeah. fun.
0: <laughs> they would never allow that because of like potential injuries. Yeah. So it's a problem. No, but
1: I, I I get it though. It's like. It's like let's 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 think outside the box a little bit. And those are like some pretty cool ideas right there off top of my off the top of our heads. And we've been thinking about it for five fucking minutes. Right,
0: exactly. Well, it's it's also like I mean it's not related, but it's like these concepts like we we thought last week a three perfectly good lineups, and somehow it eludes Galat, right? Like just these things, and we only thought about it for what, five minutes? Yeah, you know. So it's like Everyone says, oh, you know, they're professionals on this. Eh, sometimes they can be morons, you know, like, yeah. Um, um Sorry, go. No, yeah, no. Uh, obviously, we got way into the all-star game here. But uh, another thing to mention is you actually could get nine votes per 20, each uh, 24 hours. Like every 24 hours, you could vote nine times.
1: So if so theoretically, if there's a huge Lebor Hayek fan out there, someone could theoretically Someone's... really pump Lebor's train and get him into the All Star game. Yeah, basically, basically.
0: Listen, I've been trying to get which the honestly, Miller, but...
1: honestly, like I don't even know if I'd be mad about that. Like, if like Lebor got selected to the All Star game, I might. If Lebor gets selected to the All Star game, I'll buy a Lebor Hayek All Star jersey. Um, but like. It I would laugh my ass off if that happened. Uh, you know, it's like that year that John Scott got selected. Was it John Scott? Yeah.
2: yeah it was John Scott.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I know it's I think it's just it is what it is.
2: See, that's uh, why I don't like it though, is because it's one, it's already been done, you know, and I don't think that the story will never be better than than what happened with John Scott. Uh, cause he kind of he kind of owned that and made that. Well, the league tried to really screw him over with that, which helped with the story. But the the poise that he showed and his awareness of like what kind of player he was and whatnot, his humility was yeah. like really endearing, and it made that story cool. Whereas I feel like if Lebor was out there, it would just be kind of mean and sad. Yeah, no, I don't, no, think, it, I I don't think it would have the same redemption sort of thing that the John Scott no. had. Plus, it's yeah, it's already been done, so. I mean, yeah i i voted for I voted for for Fox and and for Miller. Um, and Miller, not because I necessarily think he deserves it at this point. I think he. The goalie win, I voted for I was Holak. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I I I won't, I won't lie. I, I voted for Sorokin. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. What well, what the hell is he not doing in the All Star game?
1: Well, because he's in the same conferences, uh, Shosturkin. That's the point. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. It's We're, whatever. We've spent way too much time on a fucking All Star game that's so stupid and right, right, nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like let's be fucking real here. Um, yeah, the
0: listeners are probably getting tired of this. All right, we get it. The All Star game sucks. We get yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: it, it blows. Um. All right, on to that Whitney Houston movie. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: I don't have any stats on me right now regarding the Rangers. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I I, I take that back. I take the back. I asked Steve Alcat earlier today for basically uh the goals again uh goals expected against in the first 41 games and how much did the Rangers actually let up? Uh the Rangers were expected to score 136 goals and they only, and they scored 125.
1: That's not uh, bad, horror. is it? Yeah, uh, no, that not doesn't horror. sound bad, is it?
0: it I don't sa- know. It doesn't sound bad. Like, it's more than 10 goals expected that didn't go in. But, like, out of all, like, we've seen a ridiculous amount of bad luck. I would have you thought got, like 55 OG1. posts.
1: Like, what are you talking about? You know, that sounds pretty good to me. Right.
0: And then, um, against that, that was four that, that that was the major scoring chance. Yeah. Uh, against on Shisterkin and Halak, uh, it's it was. Uh, 117 goals against expected, and then how much they actually scored was 106. Okay, so,
2: so yeah, about 11 off yeah,
1: and yeah, so all
0: Yeah, and for people curious, compared to last year, um, wow, yeah, uh, this is kind of ridiculous. The expected goals against the Rangers was 112. The amount that they actually, the opponents actually
2: scored for story ninety years?
0: something 90, 80. 92.
2: Yep, I knew it. Yeah, that it. is nuts. Yeah, that is yeah. That's, that's twenty.
0: That's twenty goals. Yeah, that's, just, that's nuts.
2: Well, his, I mean, his season last that, year was his was that, a, an historic level. Yeah, that, yeah. I was gonna say that goes to show you
1: how fucking unbelievable Igor was last year. Like he was fucking unworldly. Um, like, speaking to that, like. When everyone, someone mentions, like, Shestrugan's not
0: as good as last year. Everyone gets upset. Like, that's not a knock on him. What he did last year was historic, and almost every goalie's never going to do that, right? Or n- basically, every goalie's not going to do that. He's
1: one of three goalies to be in that conversation since the fucking merger. or what the was it? Expansion. It was, was Hashik, and Carey Price. 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 Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, Hashik won the MVP back-to-back years in, like, 97 and 98, I believe it was. And then Carry Price won in 2015. Those yeah. are the only guys who you could really say uh should have won the MVP. I I mean, obviously, like goalies are not really given as much uh credibility with it, almost in the same which sense. Like Cy stupid. Young, yeah, which is similar as like ways, like you know, Cy Young's uh are never really the winner of Cy Young is very rarely given the MVP as well in, in, in baseball. Um right,
0: but like. But- I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's just like with
1: Schusterkin, It's like this. You're like he's still an elite level goalie. He's still know? like this. Is the thing he's he's not as good as last year, but he still could win the Vezina this year. That's how good he still is. Right. You know I mean?
2: and, and and actually, I, I I don't even know that he's not as good as last year. And that sounds stupid considering the stuff you yeah. just heard, because he started off really slow. Yeah. um i think if and I, i'd be curious and i'm not sure that i'm right about this but i suspect that if we take like the last month six I'll look weeks it up right now of his play and compare that i bet it's at a similar a similar level i think right now his stats are being dragged down because he did start off you know just being being okay to to good instead of great to exceptional you know but yeah. i think he's really hit a stride and i think now he's playing at at a proper form because he's it's been a while since I since I saw him let up a goal where I was like, "Damn, he should have had that one."
1: Knock on wood.
2: I would see. You know, with almost everyone else, I feel like a knock on wood. With Chesterkin, I'm like, you know what? He's got it. He's got it. I have I have so much confidence in him. I'm never so well. I'm never worried. He's the first goalie in my life, honestly, and and that's saying a lot as a Ranger fan. Where when I see a breakaway, I'm I'm not even scared. I'm like, he's got it.
1: See with with, with Lundqvist, I was uh I it, with Lunquist and breakaways and, and uh uh penalty shots, uh or shootouts rather. Sorry. Yeah. Um I was like it was it was almost the equivalent of being a Yankee fan and, and Mariano coming in. Um I just felt so calm. And like I would love to know. And you know, maybe there's a stat out there. I mean, obviously this is only post lockout in 04, um, since they started doing the shootout. Who has the most shootout wins? Um, mm-hmm. as a goalie? Um, I would love to know that stat. Uh, if anyone out there actually is listening, uh I'm sorry, what was the stat you because
0: I was just looking at Shisterkins ever since the winning streak. By the well, way, is exactly- what, what
1: was the stat you wanted to look up? Because, no, uh, I'm just saying what, like, like, the actual percentage of shootout wins, like, who has the most uh, 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 since the 04-05 since lockout? Because um, I have a feeling, like, Lundqvist is, has to be number one, right? Like, every time they, the Rangers went into a fucking shootout, Lunquist was either, like, you know, he, he, he gave them a chance to win, or they just didn't back him up, or, you know what I mean, like, I feel like they, they they had a really good percentage of shootout wins during his entire tenure. So like with
0: Lundqvist, I mean, you just put yourself in the player's perspective, like this guy, Henrik Lundqvist, you know, plays much deeper in the net, right? Usually goalies come out, right. To take, yep. de- to take up the net, you know, cut off those angles. And, yep. and that's when you try to like, de- that's when you deke. And if they're too deep, you shoot. But with the player that's playing against Lundqvist, it doesn't matter that he's deep in because that's his main position, right? That that's what he's doing anyway. So yeah. like, what do you do? Right? Yeah. If it, it throws them off. And also speaking to what Brad asked before, um, ever since the Rangers uh streak, winning streak in December, he has a 921 save percentage and a two uh point three zero goals against average.
2: Okay, so it is slightly higher than last year at this point, then still.
0: So. Oh yeah, well it's it's up by what did you have a nine thirty-two? Definitely he had, like, nine. a 938
2: last year.
1: 938
2: total count. Yeah. I mean, he like, was, he, 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 was so
1: he was he was 940-something at one point. Yeah. Like, and that was, like – and that wasn't even, like – that was, like, deep into, like, past the deadline.
0: That was – that got messed up after the St. Louis game, right, where they, like, he let up six goals and totally destroyed. Yeah, yeah.
2: The and then he like, went, went on a little Schneid there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was,
1: like, after the trade deadline, he went on a little bit of a – um. A down downturn, I guess if you could say for Igor. Uh yeah. You know. Um, but then they like they got all the new pieces in place, Cop and Vertrano and all them. And they they really kind of got their shit together and they really like hit their stride a little bit at the end of the season. Um but yeah, he he definitely like kind of cost himself. I think he, what he finished with like nine thirty-six or some shit like that. What's his stroke um, Yeah. It was know. it was something around there. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, you know. I don't know. I think that uh, I, as Brett alluded to, I, I'm not really too concerned um, with Chesty. I, I think that, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. I think that he does um, get better as the season goes along. Um, one thing that I want to bring up to you guys, and I, I kind of thought about it earlier this week when I saw it, um, we hadn't talked about it. And so I'm just kind of bringing it up to you two right now. Um, what are your thoughts on bringing back old number twenty-seven, Ryan McDonough. Now, obviously, the cap doesn't work. No, yeah, I'm, no, no, obviously the cap, but he's got a six point seven million dollar cap hit for the next three years. So that's this year. I, or maybe I don't know. It's either. I think it's three more years, um, including this year. Or it's after this year. I'm not positive on that. I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, would you, if if Nashville retained enough to the point where you're getting McDonough for three million a year, or you know, three, three to three four after, a it's year, three year?
0: It's three years after this year.
1: Okay, that's what I thought. If Nashville would retain as much to the point where you're only going to be paying McDonough between three and four million, would you do that? And that in itself would make your – that might give you the best decor in a league, top to bottom, one through six. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, if we're, if we're engaging into kind of hypothetical fantasy land here, I say screw the retaining and trade them Jacob Truba for Ryan McDonough. <laughs> well, I mean, like,
1: I, I'm talking about, like, realistic possible shit here. I feel like – um I I, so I, I, do, I do feel like it is not the craziest thing in the world. Nashville is, I mean, they they just won two games in a row. So may, you know, maybe I'm I'm writing them off too soon. But I feel like Nashville is one of those teams that every year they're kind of at this point now where they are so close to being either just complete sellers or apparently he's playing really bad defensively. I mean, but that is a really bad team, is my point. Like I don't True. think – like there's, you know what I mean? There's a difference. I don't know. Um, I just saw his name come up and I was like, you know what, like,
2: just what is it? What, what, what do you guys think of it? I love Ryan McDonough. I loved Ryan McDonough. Uh, I have uh an authentic Ryan McDonough Jersey that I bought, yeah. uh, like six months before he was traded. That's um, sick. so I was like, they're not going to trade the captain, <laughs> uh, like an idiot. Um, So I would love for him to be back, and and yeah, I think you know defensively he's one of the best guys in the game, and it's I mean to me he was one of the main uh, reasons why I thought we gotta get a we gotta get a defensive defenseman award going um, because it's a shame that he's never it was never in the conversation because he was for many years the best defensive defenseman in the game, and he's exactly the kind of player that we need. Uh, the thing is that even if they retain, I don't know how it works because that basically means that we're we get, we're saying goodbye to like probably two of the four kids that we have to sign. Um, There's just like not,
0: Krat- probably a goner in that
2: Kratzov, and I think yeah. probably probably Heedle. Then we're probably just only have enough money to sign Laffey and Miller, and uh, and then position fill. Um, that is, if the cap is only going up one million, like I expected to, I, I don't have any faith that Bettman's gonna. Do the reach like it was initially thought of like four that would have made a, a lot better situation for us. But yeah, even if they retain like half, putting in another three and a half million out of our cap, I don't. I just don't see how it works. But I mean, I would love it. That that's why I'm like in a hypothetical. No, I mean like, like I, I I agree with you. Like my
1: heart is telling me yes, but like honestly, like probably not the best uh use of that money that you do have. Um,
2: and Unless I, I you're do think- shed. Unless you're able to shed, which is why, like, yeah, if you couldn't somehow get rid of Truba, you know, yeah. that would be amazing. I would love that. Yeah, right. no, I mean, like,
1: because in theory, if you are able to, uh, it would, I mean, it would be so fucking funny if, like, not even a year after being named captain, they trade Truba. Um, I mean, that's not going to happen, obviously, because there's no no move is going to obviously yeah. next, not this upcoming off season, but the next one is yeah. when they can actually move him.
2: Yeah, um, he's not going anywhere now. Yeah, No, he's, he's not, not going anywhere. By the
1: way, wow. um, I know we moved on from
0: this topic, but I, I finally have the actual thing of who I voted for. It was Brian, El- Yaroslavalak, Brian Elliott, Pavel Francois, and Jack Campbell.
2: What is wrong with you? You got to <laughs> uh, get that chaos. Brett, on behalf <laughs> oh, of everyone Jack listening Johnson. right now. Also
1: Jack Johnson. <laughs> um. So you know what, guys? Uh, we have. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, one, Berkey. Uh, you, you, this is your Jordan flu game right now. Berkey's obviously you could hear his voice a little bit. He's he's a little under the weather. Uh, we, we had no we we had a cancellation uh, unfortunately right before we jumped onto this, um, and obviously like we're just kind of free balling here right now. Um, it, it's it's but you know that's kind of where we ended up with this, and we've just been ran r- rambling rather. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. This is Berkey's flu game. So he's, he's yeah, paddled it's, it's through not flu really. right now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's just been a little bit of an interesting episode, a little bit different than the past, but yeah, I just want to throw that out there. You know, you know, if a team did bad,
0: you know who I'd want, obviously never going to happen because they're a great team. Uh, you know, they have enough good pieces. Now I'd kill for like to trade for gorilla at 50% retained. Detroit? me like, M- M- Minnesota? Minnesota. Yeah, we're, we're playing now. Uh, the Rangers are playing them Tuesday, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm going to the
1: game. Oh, you are? Oh, that's yeah. nice. Reeves yeah, is no, scoring
0: I'm, a goal, right? We yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Reeves actually score. going to – so I'm going to the the game on Tuesday. My brother got me tickets for Christmas, Um, nice. and uh, I ended up t- – so today is what my best friend's birthday. He just turned 30 today, and I ended up buying him tickets because he lives in Nashville, I bought him tickets to a Predators Vegas uh, Golden Knights game in February. So I'm going to a Nashville uh, game in February. Um, I'm really excited. that That's a place I've really wanted to go see a game. Um, I haven't been there at all yet. I, I mean, even just in the city itself, not even just like talking about like the Preds. Um, really excited to kind of go see them, uh, see that arena, and just kind of have a freaking sick time in Nashville because I've heard it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I like obviously if we we're if we were gonna recap the Carolina game, I probably went out of it because I was in an uh, MSG suite uh, for the Carolina. Oh League. yeah, we
1: had the hell did we get this far and not talk about that night.
0: Jesus, that Christ. was that was surreal. In case like listeners, I, I I helped you know raise money for an organization, and as an incentive, uh, the first uh, 150 people to raise a thousand dollars goes to an MSG suite, Rangers game for Carolina. I was just taking it all in. Um, so, yeah, now, I, I wouldn't be great analysis of that. Uh, there was times where obviously they could not keep the lead for their lives and people were literally celebrating. They were counting down from 20 after they scored that uh, <laughs> that goal. They were like, people were counting down. That's uh, funny. That's so, amazing. yeah, but I man, that was a playoff atmosphere. People were going when the Rangers killed off. I believe it was that final uh, penalty. Everyone was going nuts, like the the building would collapse. It, it was crazy, you know. Like this was playoff atmosphere type stuff.
1: I'm jealous. Yeah, no, it was. It looked like an awesome game to go to. Also, like we, what was it like they, we we knocked off a really big winning streak from the Hurricanes, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like a fifteen-point winning streak yeah, or
2: something six, like that. Fifteen, yeah. sixteen, yeah, something like that. The Rangers,
1: um, are, the Rangers are the
0: first team to do it. They—I don't remember the exact stat, but they also just de- um, uh, uh, destroyed the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, winning
1: yeah. streak. So yeah, so I, I remember I, that. I, no, 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 it was it was Mitch Marner's streak, wasn't it? No, 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 it was
2: the Maple Leaf streak. No, that was it was Marner's point streak. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was Marner's point Ma- streak. Marner That's had like loves. a, yeah, what was it, like an 18, 19, 20-game point streak, something like that.
0: Yeah. I thought there was a stat showing like the Rangers like cut off two multiple uh, point streaks like the first team to do it or something like was
2: that. It like, wasn't it the Devils? We snapped the Devils.
0: Oh, maybe it was the Devils. Right, right. Yeah. It was the
1: Devils.
2: It was and- the Devils, and then they
1: broke the, the uh, Marner point streak as well.
2: Yeah, we were the combo breaker this year so far. It's usually the opposite. I know, I know. We're not it, used to doing that. It, it's it's usually like
0: this guy has a goal drought. Oh, he's scoring tonight. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. As soon as I don't know if anyone else has mentioned has like seen this, but as soon as Sam mentions. Like, on the broadcast, he does this all the fucking time. Me and my brothers have, like, an ongoing, like, text thread where we're like, ah, Sam just said this guy hasn't scored in, like, 85 years. Yeah, He's going to fucking score. (laughs) It happens, like, fucking verbatim. What do you mean versus the Devils? Versus the
0: Devils, he he mentioned if the Rangers can hold the lead, and then he scored right
1: then. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, but that also was, like, the storyline going in, so I will give him a little bit of a break because, like, the two games going in – like the team that scored first lost. That was like the storyline. You know what
2: I mean? Give him yeah. a break
1: on that. But usually, like he'll just throw out, like, yeah, this guy hasn't scored a goal since his daughter was born 14 days ago, or some shit like that. I don't know. Like he throws out the most random shit and you're like, Oh, okay. And then that guy scores and they
0: score. Yeah. It's this and this player who I just
1: mentioned, you know? But yeah. Yeah. I love him. I'm not too oh, no, easy, but yeah. Oh, that happened happened last
2: year with uh when Hank, was, when Hank was yeah, on play by play and Hank, yeah, Hank called it. Yeah, don't
0: let yep. him shoot,
2: don't let him shoot. Uh, yep, yeah, I missed that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Hank, Hank owned up to that very quickly. He did,
2: yes, he did. He's yeah. like, This
0: is why I'm not in the commentator's booth,
2: which I wish he was, honestly. I think he actually, it's funny too, because I feel the exact same way about Wayne Gretzky, too where i i don't and god i i'm loathe to say anything bad about about henrik lundquist i mean that guy is just the greatest human ever um and i think he is getting better at the intermission analysis um he's he's getting a little more comfortable and a little more fluid with it he was a little stilted you know right off the top um but i feel like he was actually better when he was in game and actually i feel the exact same way about gretzky was during i think it was last year's winter classic they had him in for a period being the color guy, and I always find him in the intermissions to be kind of stilted, a little awkward, not really all that insightful. But when he was doing play-by-play, or really color with the play-by-play guy, he was fantastic. And I don't know what it is, why that's such a different skill set, but I, I suspect Hank would be really good. I mean, frankly, once Sam and Joe are go, I mean, I couldn't think of a better combo than having Hank and Valley in the booth. Could you imagine? Well, speaking of like... So
0: that... I... oh yeah, no, sorry, you go.
2: No, no, no sorry, sorry, and I know we have a. Uh... It's it's actually
1: it kind of alludes to one question that I have for an upcoming guest of ours that I'm gonna kind of keep. We're not gonna mention it. Um, but we have some honestly like John's gonna throw this out there. We have a lot of like really interesting uh interviews coming up, guys. So I'm really we're all like Berkey has honestly been fucking busting his ass on it um and getting some really, really cool uh you know commitments and interviews for us. Uh but I have one that I really want to ask to someone. Um but it's really about like i it's a, hockey goalies are kind of the equivalent to like major league catchers in a way you know right
2: continue i'm not sure i follow but no no no, no. Wants... just just
1: think about it for a second okay cuz like for a person for a, a position a player who is constantly like watching the entire game unfold in front of their own eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both positions are very similar in that respect. You only get like, or for the majority of it, baseball managers are really predominantly catchers. Um, and I mean, I am say, I say, I say predominantly, but a large majority of uh, managers in baseball had played the catcher position. You don't really get a lot of managers or not managers, sorry, coaches in hockey that are former goalies. The only one that I can even think of is Patrick Juan. and he was a Wah. fucking nutbag. Um, it's an interesting thing. And when you look at the Rangers and their like booth or their the you know, industry suite, they have Lunquist and Valquette, like you know, two really well-known goalies. Obviously Lundquist is more well-known for his play on the ice and Valcat is more really well-known now for his actual, uh, you know, attribution after his career. Um, But they both, I, I, I do love the way that Lundquist breaks. I, I not, I like the way that Lundquist breaks down a lot of, a lot of things. Um, and it's just, it just it it strikes me as odd that there's less coaches that are actually goalies. Um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing that I just kind of thought of the other day. I was like, there's so many baseball catchers that are managers post career, as opposed to goalie uh, goalies that are actually progressed to coaching in their post career.
2: Yeah, I, I wonder if that has something to do with that you know the and I get what you mean by by the catchers to me I think a goalie is almost a combination it's almost the battery you know it's almost the pitcher and catcher combined into one True. um but they play a totally different game you know than than every other skater does um and and you know they're not doing the same drills they have their own coach that they work out with primarily that I wonder if just that hyper focused on one aspect of the game leads them to not be the best uh, you know, coaches after the fact, I mean, it's kind of like how the most skilled players are never the best coaches. Um, yeah, and it, it's in, in like, any sport, in any sport, you know, it's the guys that had to work really hard to get there that see the finer points of the game that can't just rest on natural ability. So, I wonder if it's if it's kind of a combination, it's kind of something like that. And why like we don't Martin
0: St. Louis, like Martin St. Louis with Cole Caulfield,
2: yeah, I mean, that's an amazing thing just in general. Uh, and I mean, Mar- Mar- and Saint Louis is like an obviously super talented, hyper talented player, but with his size and whatnot, he and, and and where he went and how he made his career, he did have to put in a lot of extra work and play a different kind of game than a lot of other people did, even though he was a high school player. I mean, yeah, he was undrafted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like
1: the thing with like the with like Wah, that's interesting is that like I don't know if you guys listened to the uh, Spit and Chicklets interview with Peter Forsberg, which is really fucking cool. Um, Peter Forsberg was one of my favorite players growing up. He was just so interesting. um he was just so fucking huge huge um and I love the way he played. But one of the interesting things that he mentioned in the interview was how Patrick Wah called him out in the middle of a playoff series for like and he even like mentioned that he like took a game off like trying to like save energy for the next game. And Patrick Watt called him out. And, like, I think those hyper elite goalies, those, those super talented but super competitive goalies that could fucking see everything everywhere and they notice everything. They're so fucking vigilant. It's like Batman on the ice. And, like, I think those guys are really interesting. It's like, why aren't more of them actual, like, coaches in the NHL? I don't know it's just an interesting thing. Cause like when he went, he went into depth in depth about uh, law for a little bit and I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Why he went into coaching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. And I'm, you know, this is not really anything for us to answer, but it's really uh, something that I really want to ask some other people as we uh, kind of go down the, the list of our interviews that we have kind of on doc. Oh,
2: well, absolutely. I mean, I think, and I have no idea whether it would work or be a total disaster if he'd be interested in it at all. But you know, the idea of Ali as a coach just makes a lot of sense to me, just because he is so good at breaking down the game and understanding what's happening. And I feel like he would be a great X's and O's kind of coach. I don't know if he'd be a good, uh, you know, if he'd be if he's a good developing guy, if he'd be a good practice guy. But I, I feel like when it comes to like actual game strategy, I feel like he'd have to be great, just he sees the game uh you know in live time too he's not just somebody that like watches game footage and breaks it down and like you know can write a good article about it or whatever that week like he's in between periods live doing this pulling out the relevant highlights and showing me i mean I I'm not to, to my own horn but i feel like i have a pretty good in, in you know in-depth understanding of the game and it's still routinely he points out something that either i missed or i only saw part of and didn't see another part of and yeah. i think that's just what makes him so good and what makes me go like Man, I kind of wish we were behind the bench. How <laughs> freaking spoiled though. Yeah, Either, though. either behind the bench
1: or like in the press box, you know, selecting some of these players.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: How spoiled though are we that we oh. have
0: Valcat, LongQuist, and John Geno breaking it down? Like, I mean
1: We don't have just... Jack fucking Edwards. Oh God. Uh, that guy's a fucking clown bucket. Jesus Christ. I mean.
0: You're spoiled with those three. And then you have Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti. Yep. You know? And then you have Bill Pito doing the one, one, MSG 150. Like, yeah. man, like, they have stacked. Um,
2: it is an embarrassment of riches uh, from an analysis standpoint, that's for sure. And a presentation, absolutely. I, I
0: like that when the Rangers were, like, they were, they weren't doing it at the beginning of the year. Like, Valley was not, like, trying to, you know put on a fake smile he he said it how it was
1: you know yep No, he 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 actually and that's one of the things i do love about is that he is he's very straight to the point if they're playing like shit he fucking gives it to you um and you know being a giant fan i've i've read so many articles over the past decade of them just absolutely being fucking dog shit they're so bad and yet there's some reporter or writer out there who spins like the game in like a positive way. And I'm like, this team sucks. What the fuck are you looking at? Like Eric flowers is the worst tackle that was drafted in the top 10 in the past 10 years. Like shut the fuck up. You know, nothing about football. You're an absolute donkey. Like get the fuck out of here. And yet I love it when people who are actually paid by the, uh, you know, the team and the corporation and the network, whatever it is, uh they actually can you know uh pontificate a little bit about you know everything going on and he 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 he's very eloquent about the, the way he speaks about everything um so I, I i agree i i love i love valley um things phenomenal in there
2: yeah and i think the thing about him that that i do love so much is like the video uh um from inside their 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 booth over there when panarin scored and he is, I mean, they're all excited, but he is yeah. jumping up and down, dancing on the floor, doing the whole thing. Like, I think that's what we love about him, especially is that he is actually one of us. Like, he's not just a commentator. He's not just a former player. He's not just as an analytics guy. He is a true fan that loves this team, and that passion comes through. And I think yeah. that's why we all respond so well to it. Also, he's a
1: huge Spider-Man fan, so go ahead. Yeah, day.
2: huge. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Big Spider-Man guy oh yeah huge you remember he had uh, the jack eichel tingle in yeah that, in that yeah. all season yeah 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 uh that's crazy how, how long has it been since the whole jack eichel situation like two years yeah that's crazy
1: what it's been like a, a year and a half year
2: and a half yeah yeah sure.
0: okay. yeah. yeah yeah man that whole summer man you're just like looking refreshing every single day on Twitter. Okay, is there an update on Jack Eichel? Is there an update on Jack Eichel? And then remember where he he tweeted like an emoji like of being upset on his account. And then a Buffalo writer said this is his fake account, but the account was verified. And then Jack Eichel literally quote tweeted him saying, This is real, source being me. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was pretty interesting. Um, All right, I think we're going to end it off here. Uh, Guys, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All
1: right, take it easy, guys.